So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies-to-lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up dipsystories.com slash just break up When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like personal space in quarantine, secret fascists, <laughs> and overcoming resentment. Ah, uh, yes. Right? But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we uh, aren't licensed to do this. Right. I really wanted you to say, instead of, and I'm Sam Blackwell, I wanted you to say, and I'm Sam's mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The mustache. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. We are not qualified. We are not trained in this. Um, We are just speaking from the heart. So please take all our advice as you see fit. Honestly, we don't know what we're doing Um, We're just here to offer our humble musings, so hopefully shed some laughs um, and, no wait, hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Sorry to everyone who is reading along with me. I don't have my script. (laughs) Yeah, the scripts are in Spencer's house and we can't go there anymore. No, no. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I wish Spencer's face just popped onto the Zoom and was like, well, it's this. Honestly, Um, he should be part of the Zoom and just like sitting there like, 
not paying any attention to us like he normally does. <laughs> that was like the first 30 episodes when we were recording. He would just sit in the studio. Now he trusts us enough to like, you know, we're like grown up podcasters now and he yeah, doesn't sure. have to like mother us. Uh-huh. But um, his mothering was very detached. He used to just like sit there <laughs> and not pay attention to us and like occasionally chuckle, which made us feel great. Yeah, um, But now he goes off Spencer and like laugh. he presses record and then he like goes off and does work. And then all the labor is like making us sound really good later after we said a bunch of stupid things. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Um, how are you before we get into our check-in topic? Uh, I'm good. I have so many lights pointed at my face right now. <laughs> you are, you look really good. We talked about lighting before. I have a light on above me and I have a light, a, a full length, um, lamp as people call them mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> on a lamp. my desk stand, you know, so that it's above me. Like, you know, so I look really good like this, not so much like this, but that's fine. We're making do, right? Yes, totally. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who bought tickets. We are, the turnout to this is bonkers. I'm super grateful. Like this, the past couple weeks, Sam Spencer and I have been texting the group um, chat that we you know, we're just like blown away every, you know, it would like add 50 tickets, add 50 more tickets. And we would text each other just like, wow, that is so cool. And so empowering. Um, but I, uh, want to make a cool announcement that, that, uh, we have been pitching this show this whole time that we were going to donate 50% of our proceeds to the, uh, greater twin cities, COVID, relief and response and help me out response and recovery fund response and recovery fund um (laughs) through the united uh twin cities united way greater twin cities this is sam's thing i'm obviously (laughs) oh it's great i'm glad that you're just going i'm just i'm just like i'm like a bowling ball just throwing myself at the pins of the word yeah that's great um they're going everywhere (laughs) they're not in any sort of order (laughs) i'm like covid response rewind and repeat Rinse yes. and repeat fun. Let's um, not rewind and repeat this though. No. Oh God. <laughs> no, so anyway, you. we wanted to announce that um, our whole plan, this, this, our plan this whole time was to donate 50% of our proceeds and keep the first half to um, recoup from some lost income from our tours that got canceled. Um, but after some head and heart work with our team, we've decided that we're going to donate all of the proceeds to that um response and relief recovery fund, um, which hundred percent of their funds go to helping people directly impacted by COVID-19, specifically people dealing with poverty. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your $5 goes so far. Um, we're so proud to donate that money in honor of all of your head and heart work. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, cool. You want to get into the check-in topic? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Check-in topic for today is is like it's not two parts, but it's um, like a Frankenstein. It's inspired by a letter and also just what we want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah, uh, the, the second half is inspired by a letter writer, so we'll we'll shout that person out then. But the first half really is that Sam and I we've been talking about um, what's been going on a little bit on our primary episodes. Uh, mostly on our uh, Patreons, which are recorded live every week and, and are much more like mini, like, I don't know, 
sessions for Sam and I to like get things off our chest personally between the mm-hmm. two of us. So uh, we have been talking about it and I don't want to, we don't want to overload you with COVID content, but that is what is on the front of our minds, on our hearts, on our, um, you know, it's, it's just everywhere. And Sam and I would be really remiss if we didn't check in with you all. And um, the biggest thing we want to check in with you all for our check-in <laughs> topic is that we want to make sure, Sam and I want to make sure that you all are practicing the right self-care and in the most simple way we want to make sure that you are all are 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 not being too hard on yourself during this very extraordinary time um i heard once a therapist say that um are we uh, to 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 gauge our response based on the fact that are we are we responding to an ordinary stimulus or an extraordinary stimulus? Uh-huh, and everyone yep. in the world, no matter where we're coming from, no matter what we're bringing to the table, what history or baggage we have, we're all dealing with an extraordinary circumstance. And the expectation of perfection right now, the expectation of extreme productivity, the expectation of normalcy even, or like, I don't know. I always think about how people a big thing in recovery is learning that recovery isn't linear, you Mm -hmm. know, that like healing isn't linear. And so to, to expect linearness, linear, linearness, that's a word from ourselves right now to expect us to be like, well, I was on step three yesterday. So I should be on step four now. That's just, um, that's setting ourselves up for, for more hurt, Mm -hmm. for more confusion. And, um, we already have so many things coming at us right now. We don't need to be another one of those things. So just make sure that you are recognizing that um, things are really different and, and extraordinary right now. So how you treat yourself and what you expect from yourself should be extraordinary. Um, like I'm fucking hella sensitive right now. <laughs> and I mean, you are a lot of the time. <laughs> it's That's true. It's my superpower and my biggest weakness. <laughs> Um, and my kryptonite, I should say. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm super sensitive right now. And if you've been listening to the Patreons, you know, and many of you are like really dealing with some sensitivities, like your old triggers are coming back or your mm. insecurities are coming back, things that you could handle before when you had all of those ordinary tools and resources and habits and patterns and things like that. Um, are They're now coming out. Like, I don't know. I, I wanted to to like humanize you and I a little bit to like remind them all that like we're just as like messed up and struggling as you all are by sharing like what is the most petty thing petty argument you and Peter have had during quarantine and I'll share Uh, mine okay great um (laughs) Peter and I got it wasn't even a fight it was me being real snippy with Peter because he didn't put the blanket that goes on our bed in the dryer and it was time for bed and the blanket was still in the wash. And I didn't even say like his name. I just shouted into the universe like, <laughs> oh, great. The blanket's still in the washing machine. <laughs> and he like came halfway down the stairs and just like stood there. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> like, I, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad that it's wet. <laughs> of course. And in that instance, like... <laughs> You don't have like, you literally don't have the reservoir, the depth in your reservoir of like coping because Mm -hmm. it's all been tapped by like, I don't know, looking at the news or walking down the street or going to the grocery store. We are, we're using up all of our reservoir of resilience on 
other fucking crazy things like grocery store shopping or like, I don't know, grief, illness, death. I mean, mm-hmm. these are the things that are on the forefront of our lives and our brains. Um, so just like be easy on yourself. <laughs> Recognize right. that the, I'll share mine. Um, Willow and I got into an argument about bagels <laughs> and not just bagels, not like are bagels good or not? Cause we all know they're delicious. And it wasn't yeah. an argument. You're right. This is like snippy, <laughs> like I think at one point she said, quote, are we, are we fighting about bagels? <laughs> and it, the, the best thing is, Sam, it was, we, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Um, we uh, bought a pack of bagels. We don't normally have bagels in the house, um, even though I fucking love them because I would eat them every, I would eat like four a day yeah. with about seven pounds of cream cheese on each one. Sure. And it's more just like a, mm, I don't, maybe don't want to put that in front of my options you know like <laughs> you know uh i just like have no self-control with bagels especially cream cheese and uh, love cream cheese i know um and so we uh we set up a rule or like a not a rule but like we'll have like a half of a bagel every other day so we can make it last till our next grocery thing <laughs> we're not that strict that sounds uh. like now that i'm saying that out loud like honey like we're <laughs> fucking batshit <laughs> But we're right. like, oh, yummy! Let's let's not destroy these six measly bagels right. in in two days because there's two of us. There's two grown adults eating them. Instead, every other day we'll have half a bagel. And I, she, there was like a confusion on whether it was a bagel day or not. And I, she like brings her half of a bagel over and sits bagel across day. from me. Did you the put table. that on your schedule? That you and I literally was like, <laughs> I go, oh, so it's a bagel day. And she was like. And we like kind of got it. I was like, no, no, I didn't. I would. I was just like saying, is it a bagel day? And then we like got into this weird thing. Um, yeah, lots of. Yeah, there's th- a lot of sensitivity. I feel like I'll, the things that I'm saying that would normally come across as being like, haha, like this is I'm yes. like making fun in jest mm-hmm. have been like not well received by my lovely, wonderful partner because he is like obviously dealing with a lot of tension tapped. too, right? Right. Um, and so me trying to be like. Oh, like, how do I, how do I recognize that the thing that I said that was a little bit mean came across as being very mean? And so like, yeah. okay, yep, you're yeah, right. And like, recognizing that his, he might be more sensitive or I'm, right. you know, like that. that and that his response the to, same things. to yeah. the thing that I said, isn't, it isn't an overreaction. It is like a reaction based on what he is going through. But I will say that like, I am one of the people that is lucky enough to be able to work remotely. So I've continued to like, work yeah 40 hours a week during this pandemic uh and my patience for my coworkers is at an all-time low (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm right i'm like putting all of my effort into like maintaining myself and my relationship with like the my husband and the people that i love yeah and it's like i don't have time for you to to be all up in my space about this thing like oh my god uh -uh. i'm like sorry i love you yeah i'll see you in july or whenever we get to go back to work but like I need to like, I'm lucky that I get to be remote from them right now because it allows me to take time to respond instead of (laughs) reacting to things. But let me tell you, and then sometimes I'm just like, I got to walk away. I got to walk away from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I I want to tell all of our just break up family, like be easy on yourself, give yourself some grace, give yourself a lot of credit. And I also like, I'm not going to, I don't want to shy away from talking about it because 
it comforts me to hear other people say like, yeah, I feel batshit right now, or mm-hmm. I I'm struggling with the simplest things, or I cry randomly, For or, sure. or I love quarantine and I'm anxious about going back to the real world. You know, like all of these, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've read that, uh-huh. um, um, all of these weird manifestations of our anxiety, of our processing of this experience that none of us in the world have experienced truly before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's comforting. That's what humanity is all about. Um, yeah. So connecting it to the letter, how we're going to close this um, uh, check-in. Do you want to read the letter topic or do you have it? I have it. No, I have it. I just need okay. to reach. Okay. <laughs> the joys of live. I, right. I did move my, th- it's just much less distracting. My shirt pops more. For you sure. Know. To be honest with everyone, I am sitting at the end of my desk instead yeah. of at my desk because uh, my desk is really backlit. And so <laughs> it's not an ideal situation for me right now, but um, I'm making yeah. do because I wanted to look good for all of you. Yeah. And the lighting is really good. Like I should have I should have prepped more with you. <laughs> I should have known you would be able to make your skin look like matte and flawless. <laughs> and meanwhile, I look like I'm in a drugstore, like you, in the makeup section. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like at the CVS and it's yes, just fluorescent like, lights on you. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, that's not true. You look really good. So like, <laughs> I wanted to go with the joke, but like, it's yeah, not a yeah, real yeah. joke. No, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so the letter comes from Guardian Angel, who's writing from somewhere over the rainbow. And she writes, hey, guys, I was just thinking what a good topic or that a good check in topic would be talking about the last time you were proud of yourself. I just got through a really hard year. And although nothing is like what I thought it would be now, thanks to Corona, I am really proud of myself for being here today. I also realized I don't often allow myself the space to be proud of me. So I wanted to make sure everyone was remembering to take a moment to pat themselves on the back. Doesn't matter what for, there's always something. Love you too, guardian angel. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Super cute, right? I know. I know. And how often do we forget that? How often Mm -hmm. do we forget to acknowledge that we are going through a hard time or in an extraordinary situation or or deserve praise, just like all other relationships in our life. Mm-hmm. When is the, what is, what are you proud of, Samuel? Um, I think the last big thing that I was really proud of was the renewal plan that I put together for that uh, leadership thing that I was part of last year. Yeah. Um, because, and what I was really proud of it about, or what I was most proud of was that it like, wasn't an accomplishment. Like, I was really proud when I ran a half marathon. Like I was really proud when I like got that work thing done. Right. But this was more about like, I actually took the time and space to like be introspective and focus on me and what I need. Um, and like what came out of it is like, I'm just like really proud of, of it. And I'm really proud of the time that it took for me to get to that point. I'm proud of the fact that I keep like going back to it to help me figure out how to move through this crazy, crazy time that we're in. Of course. Um, And I'm really proud of like how well it was received by the other folks in the the, um, leadership thing with me. Um, And just like people's responses to be like, wow, you are 31 years old and you already have this much figured out. Like, Mm. just think of all of the things, like, just think of how well set up you are for a future that's going to make you like a good leader. That's going to make you an empathetic person. Like, and just, it was a, 
it was, I don't normally like it when people compliment me about things like this. Uh, but it was just really nice to hear all of those, those kind words from people who are also like struggling with similar things that I was struggling with. Yeah. And maybe who don't have like, I know it's hard for you to accept compliments from like friends and podcast listeners and things like that, because there's, there's like a dynamic there that you can question inherently or not question, but like, you know, these people in your leadership thing, uh, they have no, uh, alternate uh, ulterior motive. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that may be getting into like your feelings about words of affirmation that we don't have time to break down for people who don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but subscribe to the Patreon. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that leadership thing for you because it also, yeah, it it contributed to our podcast. It contributed to you and our relationship. Um, cool. I'm proud of you too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably what I am very proud of, most proud of most recently, um, other than like a weird self-realization I had that I think I'll probably talk about later in one of the letters, um, is... Um, I've been hosting online poetry classes, um, which I was planning to do actually before all of COVID happened. Um, It just sort of timed out really nicely Um, Mm -hmm. or not nicely for anything, actually. Um, But it it was the exact same timeline that I was going to do whether or not we were um, sheltered in place. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing these online classes and I like let this be a reminder to everyone that everyone doesn't know what they're doing to an extent or everyone doubts themselves, even the people who you look up to, or even the people who you consider to be pros or even the people, um, that look fearless, um, they have fears, right. Mm -hmm. Um, or they, they work through things to look that way or whatever. And I say that because my career as a writer, like, um, while I'm very transparent and vulnerable, um, I don't often talk about the fact that it's very scary and intimidating to, um, teach, especially Mm -hmm. when, um, I, I, I never went to school for teaching. I don't know how to put I was never taught to put how to put together a lesson plan or a curriculum. Um, I never went to school for poetry. Um, and so, uh, the imposter syndrome in me um, makes it really uh, hard. And pl- on top of the fact that like to put poetry is such an intangible thing into tangible lessons, like takeaway points um, is really scary. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to, people ask me all the time. I get DMS all the time about offering more classes and the hundred percent truth that I will tell you just break up listeners and you, Sam, uh-huh. is that I don't offer them more often because it takes so much work to get over my anxiety to host them. Mm-hmm. And that is the truth is that like, I, I know when I decide to host classes, I do it like two months before I end up hosting them. And I have to work through the anxiety of like actually posting them. And that's just the truth. Um, that being said, all my classes are going so well. I love teaching. It fills me with such um, excitement. And um, it's the, it is the one opportunity in my life that I get to just fucking like drool over poetry and what I love about writing and what I I love about the craft and um, about this poem and that. And I, um, and I'm proud of my content. I know my content is good. I just have to work through all that anxiety. And I did. And my classes are going really well. And I feel like a great teacher. You are a great teacher. (laughs) That's amazing. 
Cool. Thanks. So maybe all of you after this show, uh, you can turn to your quarantine mate or your partner or yourself. Um, and you can tell yourself something that you're proud of this week, big or small. Sam and I both did like big things, but I'm also proud of myself for like cooking regularly for allowing myself to eat trash and not feel bad about it because like, <laughs> uh-huh. again, extraordinary, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Is there like a little thing that you're proud of yourself for? That's like the mustache, maybe. Yeah, the mustache for sure. <laughs> uh, no, I'm proud of myself for like continuing to wake up every day. <laughs> like, oh my God, that sounds exactly. Really bad. But like, no. I'm proud of myself that like, even this morning I was like, not in a great mood and woke up and was like, okay, well, wake up, like eat breakfast, like do the things that you know are good for you. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give yourself I know that this gift. is, right? Like, I know that this is like hard and you, like you don't have to do anything besides the bare minimum, but the bare minimum this morning is eating. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just, you have to do that and then you can lay on the couch for as long yeah. as you want. But yep. like, don't let this be a day where you don't eat until 9 p.m. because you right. know that like makes you more anxious. And like, so just the fact that I like woke up was new enough about myself to know, like I'm not in a great place, but I know the tools that are going to help me get to a better place. Right. And that is taking care of myself, even when I feel like I don't want to, or I feel like I don't deserve it. Right. Totally. I love that. Awesome. Cool. Well, y'all heard them. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get into our letters. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's just like, because we also haven't been, when we've been recording, we haven't been able to like see each other because we're using like a a thing that doesn't like us like look at each other. Which (laughs) we're going to dump, by the way, that Spencer told me we're not going to use that one anymore. So we're going to go back to FaceTiming. But yeah, I know. I miss you. I miss your face. Um, I miss touching you. (laughs) Mm, I know. I miss touching people so much. Oh my God. I'm not even a touch person, but I'm just like, can I hug someone that's not Peter, please? (laughs) (laughs) No offense, Peter. By the way, Peter and Willow are hanging out right now. Not really, but like she woke up this morning and was like, I've got planned with Peter tonight. I think they're watching. Happening? I think they're watching us together while texting, oh, or at least that's what Willow is doing. He's. I can hear him talking, so they might be like FaceTiming. Or oh, something. Maybe, yeah, they probably <laughs> are. Oh, okay. I was. I was like, at one point, I'm going to have you bring me. Have you and Peter bring us glasses of wine? That's hilarious. <laughs> but then I was like, that doesn't really seem very like loving, you know. Um. So I have discovered this thing that is Lacroix with bitters in it, which Who is, is it? great. It, because it just it tastes like a cocktail, but it has no alcohol in it. So like that's uh, my yeah. drink of choice recently. Yeah. Because like okay, alcohol but consumption I also is need accelerated you, during this time. <laughs> the mustache plus the Lacroix Virgin <clears throat> cocktail with bitters. You're Aaron on hipster, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like that that combination. Meanwhile, I'm drinking out of a huge mason jar, so I have no one to talk. <laughs> uh. Mm-hmm. Except for I'm drinking, you know, something folky like river water. <laughs> Is it river water? No, it's tap water. What the <laughs> <Okay>. fuck? <laughs> uh, I don't know your life. <laughs> Get into the letter. <laughs> oh, am I reading the letter? Yeah, because I'm okay. doing the Okay. <laughs> this whole time I've been waiting for you to start the letter. Okay. This is something that we would have Spencer cut out, but we can't do that because we're live. All right. So this letter comes from Quarantine Cutie, who is writing from the Milky Way. Dear Sam and Sierra, I'm seeking advice for being self-isolated with my boyfriend. My boyfriend and I have been dating for four years now. We had a nine-month break because of distance, but got back together about six months ago. I love him so much and feel so fortunate to have found someone who is such a great match for me. 
We are both introverted, but can be ourselves around each other. And he treats me like a goddess, especially since we got back together. It's like he's entered another honeymoon phase. He keeps compliment or he keeps compliments and words of affirmation on me every day. He loves spending time with me, which is so flattering, but that's also where the problem arises. I've recently realized that I really enjoy having some time to myself to recharge and regain energy. But now that we're sheltering in place, like much of the world right now, we both work in my apartment most of the day. When I finish the workday, I want a little bit of time to just read or listen to podcasts or clean without engaging with my BF. He can be in the room. I just need him to entertain himself for a while. But he really doesn't seem like doing that. As soon as I'm done with work, his in his mind, I'm free to hang out with him now. I do want to spend time with him, obviously, but with shelter in place, it feels like I'm already with him all day, even if we are doing work separately. My apartment is comically small, so we can't avoid each other. He has his own place only a couple blocks away, and neither of us has roommates, so I swear we're being responsible about self-isolation and social distancing. So I get some relief when he occasionally works from home, but lately I have just been tired and grumpy around him. I honestly think that this that more time to myself would help me refocus so I can be more present with him when we, when we are together. But so far, we haven't been able to come to a mutual understanding about this. When I suggested I wanted some time to myself, he got defensive and took, in, and took it as me not loving him enough to want to hang out with him. I am so, so lucky that I get to be quarantined with someone who adores me and whom I adore. He is thrilled that we get to spend so much time together since hanging out with me is his favorite thing to do, as he tells me often. Am I wrong for not reciprocating that feeling so strongly? Is it bad that I don't want to spend all my time with him? Does this mean that he isn't the right one for me? Alternatively, is it a red flag that he doesn't respect my desire for alone time? Thanks for all the work that you do, Sam and Sierra. And congrats to Sierra and Willow on the engagement. Listening to your podcast is a joy every week. Much love. Thank you for the congrats. Um, (laughs) Isn't this a great test of your relationship? Like before you get married, it's like, hey, how about you spend all your time together? (laughs) A, how fucking true that is. And B, how many people have made that joke? They're like, Uh, oh, honeymoon (laughs) stage or whatever. Like, Oh, that's funny. And we're like, you know, by the first week, we're like, he, yeah, totally. And by like week six, we're like, yeah, great test. Love it. <laughs> uh, but it is actually we we like every time we have a tiff or or whatever we we when we re- come back to each other, it's like well I would I would you're who I want to be with you know. It's That's not. how I feel about like Peter too. Like I, I, I thought you were gonna like, say Todd for some reason. I thought you were gonna take well, the Todd. Joke. Of course, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I tell him sometimes like if I had to be quarantined with any person in this world, like it would obviously be you, yes. but also at the same time, I can be really sick of you. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> Don't is tell him that last truth. part though. <laughs> He's listening. At least Willow's listening. So he knows now. <laughs> um, okay. So um, quarantine cutie, Sam, I want you to take the lead on this because you, your love language um, attachment styles seem to, or attachment styles at least match a little bit more than mine mm-hmm. i'm the panicky even though i i'm like the i'm an i'm an introverted extrovert as in like i need my re, my time my alone time to recharge i i'm very panicky and anxiousy in my attachment style which is what i think your partner's dealing with but sam's gonna take the lead on this for sure um and then you can take the lead on how to like break this news to the boyfriend who <laughs> yeah, 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 clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. has some like anxiety around this. Yep, got it. I'll just write down what I need to hear. Willow take notes. 
okay, well, I love this letter because it reminded me of the one of my favorite episodes of Sex in the City when uh, Carrie and Aiden move in together and he's like around all the time. Like she like goes Sam. out into the world and she like comes. What? <laughs> Sam, I need to admit something to you that I thought I was never going to tell you in my life. I thought I was like, I'll go to my grave. I'm not going to tell this to Sam. Do you know that fucking character quiz you took? I got Carrie. <laughs> I'm I, so embarrassed for you. I know. I was like, I'm never telling anyone. I'm not sharing this. And I'm not telling Sam. <laughs> oh my God. This is That's okay. Hilarious. So for the people who don't know what we're talking about, you, there's like a, there's like this very intense, like quiz going around, not like a BuzzFeed quiz, a little bit more smarter than that. <laughs> um, that like matches your personality uh, closest to a fictional character. And Sam got Scully from X-Files, which is like my, one of my all-time favorite shows. Spencer and I are obsessed with it. And Scully is just like one of my favorite characters. And he's so Scully. I was like, wow, <laughs> this quiz is awesome. Let me take it. Who am I? I hope I'm Katniss or someone fucking cool. And it was Carrie twice. <laughs> oh no. You took it again and got <gasps> Carrie again. I was trauma- Oh God. I n- I don't want to be Carrie. I, that is not who I want to be. Anyway. No one wants to be Carrie. Exa- that is, girl, I took it right after you sent me that. And I was like, I'm not going to send it to him. Like, I'm just like, our friendship is not that strong. <laughs> That's so funny because you know that I'm going to use that to relentlessly make fun of you for as long as I live. <laughs> like, I'm never going to share this. And then I well, you just did, and you shared it with everyone who's <sighs> listening. Uh, oh well, um, <laughs> vulnerability is our strength. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, so it's this episode where Carrie moves in with. Well, actually, Aiden moves in with Carrie, and there's like her apartment's full of boxes, and he's like always there all the time. And he says one of my favorite lines on the show every time she walks in the door, which is "Hey there, Pop Tart, where you been? Who'd you meet?" <laughs> which like every time she walks in the door, he's like, "Hey there, Pop Tart, where you been? Who'd you meet?" Yeah. Uh, and she goes like absolutely insane because it's like there all the time, which is totally yeah. understandable. Um, and like, <laughs> is it? <laughs> but I actually like Sex in the City is really problematic in a lot of different ways. But that yeah. episode actually really taught me a lot about how to communicate with my partner that I need space in a yeah. way that is respectful of them, that like elevates the relationship and how much I love them. But also is like, but you need to, you need to back off. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> And I think that's what it is, is like, um, this is probably really hard for some people to hear. Like, I love you, but I don't want to be around you all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, it is triggering right? of all of our deepest childhood wounds. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That anxious attachment style will come raring forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also like those codependent tendencies too, right? Yes. Like, I need you to validate my existence and like our yeah. relationship is everything that I am. Um, um, let me, let me translate that into us anxious people language, <laughs> which is, I'm afraid that if I don't tend to you all the time, you will see me as unlovable. I will no longer earn your love. Um, like for me, it's like this, that anxiety comes from the fact that like, I feel like I always have to earn love that I'm not inherently worthy of it. Um, so to leave you off on your own means it, it goes back to that really crazy conversation we had about control and codependency. It's mm-hmm. like to leave you off on your own means that I'm risking you not loving me. And how can I take care of you? How can I earn your love and be a good person if I can't love you face to face? That's like very hard. And plus add in like rejection issues, add in 
fear of, you know, like I think cutie that your ex might be a, like triggered by a break, your breakup, your previous breakup, your separation. Mm, yeah. That, and, like he might feel like anxious that now under stress, you guys, are, it's not going to last again or whatever. Um, but I just wanted to say that, not that you were wrong. I just wanted to like translate it. Bring the empathy. <laughs> Yeah, that well, that I it's even for me, I've noticed in the past couple of weeks, my triggers aren't like, oh my god, I need you, I need you, I need you. It's fear that I'm upsetting you, and I want to, I want to be good to you. I want to be good to you. Let me be good to you. I want to make you laugh. I want to, you know, da 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 da. Yep. Okay, go. (laughs) Um, but just saying, you know, because unlike Carrie and Aiden getting this big fight, where she also says one of my other favorite (laughs) lines in the whole series, which is that. Something about how you can like, she's like, I'm leaving so that you can put on your rogue green and like use your speed stick, which <laughs> is like a joke that you will not get unless you've seen the whole episode. But every time it makes me laugh h- hilariously. Um, right. And that's not the way to do it. But instead being like, hey, listen, I love you. I love spending time with you. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I'm so glad I get to be quarantined with you because if I had to pick anyone, it yeah. would be you to quarantine with. But also for me to show up with you and and be in a space with you in the way that I want to, I also need time by myself to recharge. And it, that, that has nothing to do with how much I love you. doesn't have anything to do with how much I like spending time with you. It's just about like, I just need to build my energy up. I need to sit and yeah. think and process, read, watch a movie, just like check out yeah. for a little bit so that I can show up and be the best partner for you. Yeah. And remember what is the just break up like Bible verse upholding your boundaries is kindness. Mm-hmm. It is, this is kind of you because you, you said it cutie, you will be able to then better show up when you're there. This is an act of kindness for the sustainability and quality of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even like, I also, I can understand this because I, get hurt sometimes when Peter doesn't want to do things with me. <laughs> oh my God. Like, <laughs> like even when he's like, when we're at a friend's house and he's like, I think I'm going to ha- end home early. Like that yeah. like triggers like with like reptilian brain in me. That's like, oh, you don't want to spend time with me. You don't want to have fun, fun with our friends. Like, yeah. But I have to like also check that and be like, that's yeah. not, that's not what he's saying. Yep. He is saying that he's tired and wants to go home. He's not saying that he doesn't want to spend time with me, right? Yep, like absolutely. those are not, those may sound the same in my brain, but they're not actually what Peter is saying. Yeah. And a great tool. So what we're saying, Cutie, is one, there has to be, um, think of it as like a very loving intervention convers- style conversation. Like it's yep. not like, hey, I need to use my, I need some alone time now because that's obviously not been working. You have mm-hmm. to say, sweetie, can I talk about our arrangement here? I love you so much. I feel so good about being in quarantine with you. I wouldn't choose anyone else in the world. Um, I'm feeling like I need a little bit more alone time to recharge, but this has nothing to do with the way I love you, the way you love me. You don't have to earn my love. I think that's something that we don't often say that like is really powerful to me. Mm-hmm. It was like transcendent. I think the first time Willow said it to me when like some of my anxiety was spiking once over the past couple of years, she was like, you're like, um, my, my love's not going to go away. My love for you isn't going to go away if you don't do the dishes or <laughs> my love for you. I mean, that's, but that was my anxiety yeah. was telling me, you know, yeah. my love for you isn't going to go away if we get into an argument. Right. Or mm-hmm. if we spend time apart, like Judy's talking about. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going there, but that was good content. <laughs> you no. Know, and I, 
I think that framing it in a way that's like, I want to, I like doing this will help me be a better partner to you. Yeah. Right. It's not, oh, I need to spend the time away from you because like you are so much all the time. Right. It's like, yeah. no, I want to be able to recharge so that when we are together, I can be more present. I can be here with you. I can laugh at the movie as opposed to right. looking at my phone because I just right. like, I'm trying to decompress. Totally. Right. Totally. And I think that that's hard for, it's probably hard for extroverts to understand that because mm-hmm. like they get their energy from other people, but yeah. I think like, like succubus, <laughs> but I think leading with <laughs> exactly, seriously. Oh my God. Sometimes I get around extroverts and I'm like, can you, not? Yeah, why are you taking fighter. all my energy from me? <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but framing it really as like a, this is about me and what I need rather than this is about us or you and what you are doing. Yeah. What I was going to say, what I forgot earlier, what I wanted to add to the conversation is a tip from Lord and Savior Brene Brown mm-hmm. um, from her deck, her Netflix deck or little show or special um, where she talks about arguing with her husband and using the tool um what I would call like the story you're telling yourself. Mm. Um, I, when you're talking to your boyfriend, cutie, um, in, in, in Brene's special, she talks about an argument between her and her husband that they just, they couldn't see eye to eye. They couldn't see what the other one was dealing with. Um, so in, they started saying, well, the story I'm telling myself is you don't find me attractive and you don't want to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And the other one would say, well, the story I'm telling myself is that you're sick of me and you don't want to kiss me or something like that. And all of a sudden they see like, no, that's not what I, you know, all of a sudden that's a way mm-hmm. of translating what our brains are disconnecting on. Because remember cutie, all of us process reality differently all of us have different understandings of love languages. All of us have different understandings of what it means to be in quarantine. Yep. We all have different understandings of like our last episode, money, quality time. All of it is different and it all creates different like um, levels or, or um, compatibilities of understandings. Like sometimes that's why you're with a partner and you're like, this just isn't matching. <laughs> and it's because we, we have, we truly just are, a hundred percent coded different machines, like Mm -hmm. different machines. Um, So maybe something you can say when you're having this little heart to heart in your like affirmation sandwich style, I love you so much. I love our relationship. I think something that would help me right now is this. I want to make sure that you're not hearing, you're not hearing this as I don't want to spend time with you. I want to make sure you're hearing it as I need some time for myself to recharge to be good to you and to be good to myself. This has nothing to do with how much I love you, which is so much, you know? Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. Cause I think, I think it can be hard if your partner isn't also coming at it with like a, what stories am I telling myself? Right. If you're, if your partner is just like sort of believing that story. Yeah. I love the idea of like preempting it and being like, here's, here's the story that I'm telling. Here's what I hope you're not hearing. Because mm-hmm. that's not true. Right. Because the real story is, is that I love you like crazy. And I just want to be a yes. better partner mm-hmm. to you in these mm-hmm. in and be present with you. And I need time to recharge to do that. Yeah. So I love that. Um, that's great. I know. Me too. I've, I've found I, a lot of healing in that or empowerment, I should say, in the idea of like, what story am I telling myself? And does it align with what is going on or what's real sure. to Willow or whatever? Yeah. And I love that. Like I have used that practice um, with Peter too, is like, yeah here's the story I'm telling myself. I know it's not true. 
But oh my like, God. And every time I've said it, like I've, the handful of times I've, I've said it in intimate, vulnerable conversations, I've cried <laughs> because it's like the story I'm, you know, I'm looking at my love and I'm saying the story I'm telling myself is that you think I'm ugly. And then I instantly start crying. So like, I know that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's not true. And it like voices that's, that's, that irrational self-loathing fear and like makes it disappear because it's so. It's so out of, it's so yeah. like not based in any reality. Like I don't want to do this thing, but the story I'm telling myself is that if I don't do it, you're going to hate me, which is like, what? (laughs) No. Um, I do want to, I want to, I want to jump really quickly on the red flag comment because I want to say that I don't see this as a red flag, particularly because we are in an extraordinary time, (laughs) you know, like, Uh and all of our coping mechanisms and all of our fears and anxieties are heightened right now. So I don't see this as a red flag. I would see it as a red flag if after repeated conversations uh, and, and not to give him too much um, leeway on this, but we are in a really hard time. Like Mm -hmm. mental health are being really challenged right now after several weeks of trying to set up some healthy boundaries, that would be a red flag for me. For sure. Yeah. Feel good too. Yeah. I mean, maybe not several weeks, but like, <laughs> maybe like a few weeks. <laughs> I several is a few to me. Maybe. Several feels like months. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would say like, um, give it two weeks of having these open, loving conversations. And if not, then you have to put up some hard boundaries mm-hmm. so that he starts seeing what you're trying to manifest, right? So that, sure. you know, that you get what you need because it's okay to need time alone from your partner. Absolutely. And it's yeah. up to you to establish and maintain those boundaries, right? And so if this is something that you really need, it's honestly actually not up to him whether or not you get the time to recharge, right? You can be like, my, nope, yes. you, like get out of my apartment, go back to your place. Like if you can't respect my need for alone time, then like you don't get to be in my space anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, I, that's, that's down the line, right? I don't want you to have that conversation right now. But at the end of the day, you are in charge of establishing your own boundaries. And mm-hmm. if you really need space and you need alone time and he's not respecting that, then you need to be like, okay, then we don't, like, then I need this and you can't give me the space for it. Then you don't get to be in my space anymore. I no longer permit you to have access yep. to me. Yep. Because love is not how far you will let people overstep your boundaries. That is Absolutely. not love. Absolutely. All right. Um, cutie, we love you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for writing. We hope this Hang helps. in there. <laughs> yeah. We, we fucking all, we are all that fucking kitten like this. <laughs> You know the kitten poster? I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, oh. you know, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Like you would see in like third grade. Like, Look, I'm hanging on. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Hi, in there. Like the I'm little. Let me take a screenshot like quick. <laughs> Y'all, as a self employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you 
lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted conflict avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Second letter is from fruitless addiction slash island quarantine i'm gonna uh i'm gonna pick one for you let's go with island quarantine okay um uh who is writing to us from the void hi patron saints sam and sierra while i've been a regular listener since october and a recent patreon subscriber i find myself binge listening to just break up when i feel my worst yay like right now (laughs) That aside, I truly love your work and have found comfort in each episode. Y'all are angels and your back and forth is so fun, friendly, and real. To dive in, I'm struggling with myself on how to end it with an asshole during quarantine. After reading this, the obvious answer will be just to break up. But my question is how? Let's call this man Clint, who I met on a dating app. 
Clint and I went on our very first date in early December. We were both shy, a little awkward, got drunk, held hands, kissed. It was so nice to have a spark with someone new after feeling like total shit for several months prior due to an abusive relationship. He came out the gate with what he wanted from the situation and we were on the same page of relationship or so it seemed. We work in the same industry and had enough in common, but also a lot in contrast so that I was genuinely excited to get to know him. We texted daily and would see each other weekly, but that's about as good as it got. While we continued to communicate daily, there was an obvious distance between us. He wouldn't want to make regular plans, omitted very important life details, i.e. prior marriage that I found out, out about by scrolling on his Instagram. Eventually, not many more dates and pretty much just late nights, what you do in text, aka booty calls and about a thousand mixed signals calling me his girl, baby, sending me a watch that I'd mentioned I wanted, telling me how much he adored me, all that cute stuff, but not wanting to fucking spend time with me or meeting anyone in my life or him meeting anyone in mine. I've tried the, quote, are you emotionally available enough to date me talk? And to no surprise, it fell flat. He's still, quote, figuring it out. I roll. <laughs> Also, I have reason to believe that he is a secret fascist due to some suspicious tattoos and Instagram accounts he follows. Yes, I know. That is reason alone to dip the fuck out. But just hear me out for a second. I'm not making excuses for him. I find it quite manipulative of him to not disclose this. And But... Secret Nazis don't tell you they're Nazis, probably because they know cute and interesting girls won't date slash sleep with them. Otherwise, ew. He's very much emotionally unavailable, concealed, most likely problematic, and overall, not for me. But we're a month into quarantine, and the last time I saw him was three weeks ago. He still randomly sends me memes throughout the day, and there's mild chatter. I'm less engaged and hardly initiate first, but hold out for that ding of my phone when he sends me a message. I desperately need to ax this situation as it is not serving me, not the kind of love I deserve, and frankly, not a person I would even want to date if I actually knew who, who he was. But the Pandora's box of it all has me stuck. I would struggle with this outside of the quarantine with a full life. Now, the idea of severing even a very shitty connection and premature attachment has me shook. I live alone and have some pretty serious anxiety and depression sprinkle in some codependency and blocking him seems nearly impossible right now because of the unassuming good guy illusion he has presented to me despite what is probably true but not blocking him and continuing on with whatever this is also seems impossible i find myself constantly checking his instagram activity and followers list restricting restricting social media unrestricting almost looking for a reason to be hurt when i already have enough reason basically tormenting myself this dude isn't into me enough i should not be into him i ignored an abundance of red flags and now it's just me on island quarantine left with my obsessive checking friends that all have booze and overall a deteriorating mental health yes i am in therapy my question is, how can I make this easier for myself in quarantine? I don't want to hit the block button and then have my throat swell up with regret. I know that it's right, but it feels dramatic and I'm afraid it, I, that I'll lose a bit of my control. It's not like I can just hit up my friends and have a sleepover or a night out. I'm literally left with just my thoughts and feelings and sometimes they can seriously be overwhelming. I know that the, the more important issue here is why don't I ex why didn't I exit sooner? But 
And I think I was trying to be patient and holding out for potential and hoping that some of his empty promises weren't so empty. Sierra, I know you're looking at me, LOL. I didn't say anything. (laughs) No. I was reading. (laughs) I get upset with myself and think uh, that if my self-worth was higher, that this would be easier for, for me, but I'm working on it. I'm totally addicted to something absolutely fruitless while stuck on a fucking island. TLDR, I'm afraid of being alone and in quarantine, being alone, period, and have a piss poor connection. I need to end, but I'm struggling to do so, especially now. Help XO fruitless addiction. All right. I just wanted to let you know that Spencer just texted us and he said, yo, the YouTube comments during this second letter are popping. <laughs> he texted, I like saw it out of the corner of my eye and just saw YouTube and I was like, oh my God, something's wrong. No, I know. It was like, oh my God, it's my audio not working. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, give me one. I want to like underline something. You take lead for a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So first of all, I just want to say, Island Quarantine, that um, this is really fucking hard for people who have underlying mental health conditions. Um, and like, it's really real that people's anxiety and depression and and other types of, of mental illness are like running haywire right now. Um, so just want to say like, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I'm sorry that the circumstances that you're in are exacerbating it. Um and just know that like, you're not alone in this. Like a lot of people, including me, have been really struggling with mental health issues um, because everything feels like it's out of our control. Everything feels like hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, feels like joy has has abandoned us and abundance is no longer here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just want to say like, I feel you. I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Um, yeah. And I know, I know, every day when I wake up, it's always a question of like, is today going to be a day where I just want to crawl back into bed or is today going to be a Mm -hmm. day where I feel like I can handle this? Um, and it's always a, it's always a question. So you're not alone in that. And, and I just wanted to send you some love and, and some understanding in that. Yeah. And now I'm going to take the Sam role. (laughs) You did the love and now I'm going to do the tough love. Um, I'm going to do the tough love, my sweet, because, um, cause you need it because you have done a lot of work to get to this point right now. You're in therapy. You've written all the red flags down. You've acknowledged all of this stuff. You've, you've even acknowledged what you want, what you feel like you can't do. Like you're at the edge of the cliff and I need to give you a push, a loving push. Yeah. Um, I want to say that my darling, um, growing takes work, it takes effort. And I'm going to say that it takes discomfort. Mm -hmm. You have done all the intellectual work to analyze why you got to this situation right here, but you need to do the work to fully execute it, to do what you know, to actualize your maturity, to actualize all of this work that you're doing and do what you need to do. Because Sam and I can tell you to do it. And this piece of shit can continue to be a shit piece of shit forever. No one in the universe is going to learn your lessons for you. No one in the universe is going to press that block button for you. Actually, Sam did that. Yeah, I can do it for you. Just give me your phone. I'll do it. (laughs) But 
what I'm trying to say is like, yes, that was really great because we do get um, pushes and love from the universe. But when it comes to truly starting to actualize some of our head and heart work lessons, it takes leaning into the discomfort. You are so close right now. You are so close. You just have to decide to do it. And I know that's, it sounds so simple, right? Or like that sounds like a stone and everything else is a Goliath, right? But that is it. This Goliath and stone metaphor, it's just that. It's just what you've built it up to be. It is more like this, right? Like as soon as you take the power, it, it is yours. As soon as it takes a, you take the power that you have right now and actualize it and use it, then then this book suddenly becomes so much smaller. And okay. I want to say really quickly, um, you you say uh, you think that if your self worth was higher, that this would be easier for you. And I want to tell you that it isn't. We all work. <laughs> yeah. We all work, no matter how much we love ourselves, to enact that love. And it is always work and it is never not work. And it is never not a choice. Mm. I wake up every day after years of being depressed and hating myself. And I wake up and I choose to treat myself with love and kindness. That's right. I choose to work on my boundaries, even though they do not come naturally to me, no matter how much I love myself and no matter how healthy my life is. And no matter how much I can talk about boundaries, they do not come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And I choose to show up to them anyway. And so I just want to say that, that like, there's no, there's no one out there that's like, oh my God, self-love is so easy and boundaries are so easy. And like, I'm going to black a fascist. There are people out there, just FYI, don't listen to them. (laughs) Well, they (laughs) deal with their own things. I know that there are people out there that are Everything on Instagram is fake. Everything on Instagram is fake. (laughs) (laughs) That's fake. Um, If they, if self-love is easy for one person, then, you know, like something for it, it's difficult for everyone else or something else is difficult for them. Um, I just wanted to pull that out because like, I used to think that I would get to a place where I wouldn't be so sensitive. I wouldn't struggle with anxiety. I wouldn't struggle with my fear of rejection. And then I, I realized actually very recently that this is who I am. These are the foundations of who I am and that I have to show up for myself every day to build and keep and use the tools that I want to use. For sure. Um, so right, I'm going to say this so lovingly. You have no excuses other than to continue to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. I, that is that is the choice that you're making right now. And I say that with so much love because I spent years hurting myself through the choices of the people that I put my energy into. That yeah. that full transparency, I had struggled with self-harm for years. And that translated, like as soon as I put down um, whatever tool I was using to physically self-harm, that translated immediately into allowing people to treat me like shit, right? What an easy transition that was. Mm-hmm. A transition that I never connected until years later. That like, sure, yeah, I might've stopped cutting myself years ago, but I allowed people to treat me like shit well into my thirties, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. fuck if that is not the fucking realest thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so I'm saying this because um, I want to share two examples, like uh, that are both very vulnerable. So buckle up, kiddos. Here first we one. Go. Um, first one. I didn't go to my high school prom because I had um, uh, acne on my back and my chest. I was like really insecure about my skin. Um, 
all through high school. I always wore, I would never wear a shirt like this um, for my entire like middle school. I thought you weren't wearing a shirt under it. I was like, whoa, Sierra. (laughs) I would never wear a shirt like this. Um, I always wore a shirt like up like this or like um, it had to cover like up most of my shoulders. And I didn't go to prom my junior year, which was ended up being my last year of high school um, because I didn't, I couldn't find a dress that would like cover up my shoulders. Right. Mm-hmm. Then the following year, I ended up going to college a year early. Um, not because I was particularly smart, but because I was clever and uh, dropped out of high school, went to straight to college. We can talk about that at a different time. Um, and when I got to college uh, a couple of weeks into my first semester, I just sort of realized that I could choose to cover up my skin for the rest of my life or I could choose to accept myself and and move about the world differently. I'll make a connection in a second. I remember writing in my journal. um, The only thing I wrote in my journal entry for that day was I wore a tank top outside because I knew what that meant. I had taken that first step outside in a tank top, being vulnerable, loving myself. That that first step outside in that tank top was what I think like my first act of true self-love was. Um, because I I just couldn't care anymore. I I couldn't carry around that that hatred or whatever anymore. The second thing I want to say is um, recently I had this like realization about my inner child, and we don't talk about inner children or inner children a lot on the show, or we haven't really covered it a ton. Um, but basically, like, and I and I don't do a lot of inner child work. This is very new for me. But I had this realization. Um, your inner child is basically like a shadow self of who you were when you were little. Um, and it can be like who you were, like we, we, we talk about love languages. We learn how to love and be loved as children. We learn how to receive love and give love from the ways that the, the important adults taught us or didn't teach us. Right. Um, and your inner child, um, a great example is like, we intellectually respond to things as adults as we've like learned how to act and we emotionally respond as the young child that still needs to be affirmed or something. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Can you add to that definition at all before I move on? No, I think it's great. Okay. Um, I didn't prepare a definition. (laughs) Um, But so basically like I was thinking about my inner child, like the, the, the little girl in me that that is afraid of being unlovable, that feels like she needs to take care of people around her to keep them happy because of my parental relationships or, or whatever. Um, and so my inner child um, is the one that is insecure. The inner child is the one that's afraid um, that if I don't, if I'm not perfect, if I, um, if I don't make someone happy, then I'm not lovable, right? Because of whatever I learned as a child. And I realized recently with some of the triggers that came out over this quarantine um, and my relationship um, that I was feeling really insecure. I needed Willow to affirm me more. I was, I was experiencing a lot of what our, what our letter writers were, are talking about. Um, but I realized something after like thinking about my inner child and affirming her that like, I can ask, I'm in a healthy relationship right now. I can ask Willow to give me love and affirm me forever. And she will, right? Mm -hmm. But I have a bottomless well in me that will never be filled until I give myself that love, Mm. right? And that if I don't learn how to nurture that inner child, that need, if I don't learn how to love myself in action, in, in mental health, 
then that inner child will be starved and will starve my relationship because Willow will be giving me love that will just go into that bottomless well, right? Yeah. And so I realized that I needed, I'm so good at loving my loved ones. I'm so good. Here's a compliment to myself, like going back to the thing is that like, I'm good at just break up. I'm good at being a friend. I'm good at being a teacher and I'm good at being a partner. Um, I need to be really good at, at like, uh, sorry guys, fucking quarantine <laughs> makes everybody so sensitive. Uh-huh. I, have to, I have to be good at loving. I have to be good at being me, right? Like I have to be good to myself mm-hmm. or else no, that, that, that well will never be filled. Right. Mm-hmm. I know this is a very long rant, but I felt like <laughs> the just breakup community would enjoy or learn from that in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, to always got to validate my life experiences through like giving them as yeah, what are to other, other people, people getting from this yeah great literally that is just 100 <laughs> percent all i do um so my darling island quarantine now is the day that you are going to choose yourself over over other people because if you don't do it today this is going to follow you for the rest of your life and you have to choose are you going to put on that fucking tank top and take a step outside or are you going to stay inside and keep fucking texting a nazi like let's go back to that too yeah right we totally like let that <laughs> just like slide under the radar like oh yeah he's still a nazi right yeah okay Okay, go on the Nazi part. But, <laughs> but um, I think I want to do the like inner child cry rant because we can talk about why he's like, if if Nazi isn't enough, it's yep. about you and how right. you love yourself. And you know this, like, mm-hmm. you know this. It takes action. It That's takes right. effort. It's going to feel fucking weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But when are you going to choose to stop hurting yourself for sure you can hurt yourself for the rest of your life it's just like when we tell people like who are looking at their ex's instagrams or their significant other's instagrams like do you want to be checking your husband's instagram at 45 years old like how long are you gonna do this uh-huh. yeah that's legit <sighs> okay i needed to take over for a second <laughs> no that's great um no i would just also say island quarantine like i appreciate how much um i appreciate how much head work, I think that you have yes. done so far. Um, and I think self-awareness is like the first thing that we need to get in order to sort of move towards, um, move towards taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves and, and establishing boundaries that allow us to love others in a way that is fulfilling for us and for them. But self-awareness is just the starting line. And I know that that's really hard to hear. And I, it's hard for me. It. It's hard for me to even say it too, because like as a person who has practiced a lot of self-awareness in my life um, and sometimes just sort of falls back on that as being like, well, I know that I'm, I know that I am this way. And there's, so like then the journey is over, right? But right. it's not, that's the starting line because right. the hard work actually comes when you start to be do things that begin to act on that self-awareness. And that's really hard. So I want to just like hold that and say like, this is really scary, right? Like taking these first steps to establish boundaries, to cut people off, to Mm -hmm. put yourself first, to say, I am lovable and I don't have to settle for Mm -hmm. these paltry crumbs that I'm getting. And instead saying like, I deserve a feast and I'm not going to settle less for anything less than a feast is really scary because it feels like, well, 
I am not worthy of anything but these crumbs. And if I give these crumbs away, then that means that I, I will have absolutely nothing. Yes. Um, and I want to tell you, that's not true. That is right. the story that you're telling yourself. Right. There are people out there that are going to love you in the way that you need to be loved. There are people out there right now that love and support you, that want to be your friends, want to be your sibling. I don't know your family situation, but like there are people out there that like want to, to be part of your life, that want to give you things that yeah. are going to be nutritious for you. And this man wants to give you crumbs and then have you give him everything that he wants out of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Nazi crumbs. <laughs> Nazi crumbs. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I, I think why Sierra and I, and this isn't just you, this is with a lot of folks that write into us and even to like each other sometimes. Yes. Uh, like let's go back to Sierra, single Sierra and Sam drinking mimosas and yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, is like the reason that Sierra and I get so worked up about this is because we love you so much that it hurts us to see you sacrificing yourself over and over and over again, right? Yes. Like it's hard to read letters sometimes because it's just like, oh my God, these wonderful, lovely, thoughtful, funny, engaging, lovable people yes. are just saying to themselves, I am not worthy of anything but the base like criteria, right? Like I am not worthy of asking for things that I want. I am not worthy of establishing boundaries. And it's just, it's really hard to read that, which is why we get so worked up over letters like this, because it's just like, I'm you deserve this. <laughs> you like, you <laughs> absolutely deserve better than this. And so tough love, like got to block this guy. I know that looking at his Instagram feels like you're exercising control. It's not, it's fake control. That is not real. The real control is you saying to this person, you don't get access to me. You don't have a place in my life anymore, right? Right? Like that is the element of control. Not not knowing what he's up to. What do you need him to post? Like a picture of him with a swastika and another woman like shoving his tongue down his throat while like oppressing all other people. Like, what do you need? And like- and you have, even if you follow all of his Instagram, you have no control over what he posts. Yeah. You have no I also control want over to say, he's like, talking to, I'm, what he's liking. I'm yelling right now because it's like, you know that this is funny. Like part of you knows that this is ridiculous, this, mm-hmm. this letter. Or I mean, this, you know the ridiculousness of what Sam and I are talking about. You knew we would, we would respond this way. But For Sam sure. is right. We're responding passionately because we want you to hear it. Like we want, yep. so, you're on that edge of the cliff. You're standing at the door in the tank top and you... You deserve to feel the sun. Absolutely. But it takes work. And you know what to do. And I also want to say to you, my love, do not use this as an excuse to continue to hate yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Do not use this as an as a thing to say like, well, uh, I'm, I know what to do and I'm still not doing it. And I wrote into this podcast and they told me what to do and I'm still not doing it. Do yeah. not use this as an excuse to make yourself feel worse, right? And I think sometimes we can do that. Like if there's something even like pleasurable about the pain that that causes. Oh, to absolutely. Say like, I know what I, to do or like all my friends know what I should be doing and I'm just not doing mm-hmm. it, right? Oh my God, like, I love that you said that because when you, you brought up like you and I sitting around mimosas, like I think part of me stayed stuck because I liked our conversations. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. as simple as that. Right. Uh-huh. But the idea, like, think about my ex, my ex at you and I, that, that started the black, black, black thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was so unhappy for so long, but it became like this, I don't know. It was a drug. It was, yep. uh, that weird middle ground. And, and you know, this quarantine Island or Island quarantine, like, like, your fear is that you'll be alone 
without this measly crumbs. But we need to analyze the fear of being alone first over the prioritization of the crumbs, right? Yep, for sure. Um, and it's not it's not the RuPaul like glittery self-love bullshit of you got to love yourself before you love someone else. No, none of this comes easy, even to the most self-love filled people, right? Our brains naturally go to places of self-loathing. Our brains naturally go to self-sabotage. We are taught as people, as women, that self-sacrifice is the number one form of love over all things. We're also taught that if we're alone, we're worthless, right? We're, mm -hmm. All of this head and heart work is working against the grains that we've been taught this whole time. So we, yeah, we're, we love you. And I relate to this letter so fucking hard. This was the last two years of my life before I started this podcast. Really. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. He wasn't a Nazi, but he was a musician. Just kidding. <laughs> I love musicians, uh, but that's an easy burn. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I'm quarantine Island. We hope this helps know that we love you. And that's why we are being so forceful with you. Yeah. Um, but you are worth it. You are worth doing this work and we see it and we hope that you see it. We love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. Our last letter comes from Christina, who is writing from Canada. Canada. Dear Sam and Sierra, first and foremost, thank you so much for putting so much time and energy into this project. I look forward to the episode every week as a little bit of a boost on top of therapy and mindfulness exercises. You are helping so many people. I am a 30-year-old cis bi female who was in a long-term loving relationship with a cis hetero man for nearly seven years. We spent the better part of our 20s in, his in this relationship, and we went on a wild but amazing journey together. I'm talking walking the ring into Mordor kind of journey, <laughs> only we were like Merry and Pippin on our own little adventure. Time out, Sam, and I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, so you won us over immediately with that reference. Uh, he was one of the truest loves of my life so far, and losing him quite literally defeated me. We reached a point at the end of 2018 where a lot of small issues built up between us and neither of us had the capacity to deal with them. We both had recently experienced loss of family members, transitioned between jobs, and life was upside down. I thought it was just a rough patch and we would get past it. We were Mary and Pippin after all. Except now we are more like Sam and Frodo, tired and worn and nearing an end. On New Year's Day 2019, he out of the blue said he needed space and my jaw hit the floor. I loved him dearly and I was all in, so I supported him. He moved into a friend's place a few days later and we spent a month or so apart without even speaking. I had a sinking feeling and I think it was then that I actually knew it, but I wouldn't admit it. 
His sister eventually reached out to me to let me know she thought I should move on and try to start healing because he had started dating someone new immediately and she couldn't keep it from me. I couldn't believe it. We Mm. spent seven years together. We're in the process of buying a house. And just like that, poof, it was over. I texted him and asked if, if this was it, is this actually finalized and over for you? To which he responded, yeah, I think this is what I need. So I said, okay, seven years over in one text. So the great news is I went to lots of therapy, discovered this podcast and spent so much time on myself. I've reconnected with who I am, Mm. with old friends, and I've started dating again. However, all of this healing came to a screeching halt this week when I heard through the grapevine that he and this girl who he left me for bought a house less than five minutes away from me. He left me at rock bottom for another woman. And a year later, they're buying a house together. I know he is on his own journey and that I am doing well overall, but I can't help but feel angry about it. I don't want him back and I don't even miss him anymore. We aren't the same people. And I'm thankful for the breakup that allowed me to discover who I am as an individual once again. Hmm. But I am seriously grieving the life we could have had. It's as though I feel owed it. Like this other woman is reaping the benefits of everything I worked for. How do I move past this resentment I have? I know my time will come and that I'm working hard to be my best self. But what do you do when your past is just walking around your neighborhood taunting you? How do I remind myself that he wasn't for me and that there is someone out there who will love me? Mm. Thank you so much for writing, Christina. I love this letter. We also got another letter from a listener. I don't remember their name, but they suggested the check, the check-in topic, like how to deal with resentment, which I thought was a great mm. question because mm-hmm. resentment is just such a fascinating, understandable human experience. <laughs> um, but first, do you have any other like, like, sh- like just shitty life experience that is com- comparable to this with an ex where like, you know, an ex got your job or something like that? Like my, my only thing would probably be like my first like girl crush in high school. Uh, I told my boyfriend about my ex-boyfriend about her. And then he went on to date her. It's like, ah, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, no, actually literally an ex got a job. An ex got a job through a friend. And then like three months later, I was unemployed and had no job and was like, I, I, I could have applied for that job and had that job. So like, but now my ex has it, which is yeah. really great. Yeah. But like, I'm glad I didn't take that job because like, that job would have not been fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and like, you would don't want not that have house. like led me to this thing that I now have, which is great. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so first, let's quickly and not quickly, let's accurately validate you, Christina. You're doing all the right <laughs> steps. Like, I love the fact that you wrote in here. Like, I don't even miss them anymore. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that I-, I love the line or like the idea. It's so relatable that like we did all the work to like prune and mature and support these lovers and then someone else gets to reap the benefits of that like I swear to god that's like my number one fear of a couple of my exes (laughs) that like how dare you have the audacity to like grow from our experiences and be perfect for someone else, but not me. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just like my own, like egocentric, like selfishness. <laughs> no, it isn't Christina. You're not selfish for thinking that at all. Um, no, I think it's really hard to see people who have treated us poorly, treat other people well. Cause it's like, I think it's really hard to not read into that and be like, well, what about me was so awful that this person treated me poorly totally. when this whole time they had the capacity to treat someone really well. So and that's I even, obviously not what's happening yeah. with you because like your relationship was fine until it wasn't. Right. But I, I, but it is, I think that is a really challenging thing because it like, 
it's really natural for us to put ourselves as like the center of all of these equations when in fact we are not the center yeah. of, of most equations. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, maybe it's not even the centering thing, although that I'm sure applies in some or all situations for me too. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want everything to make sense. So I'm always mm -hmm. like really curious about like exes or like past experiences because like I want it to make sense. And if something doesn't make sense, like I don't understand why my partner dated this person or I don't know why they stayed with them or I don't know mm -hmm. why they cheated on some, you know, or whatever. Like I just want it to make sense. Right. And the idea of like following a relationship post or pre a, a relationship, like, like, like what happened before it and what happens after it. We just want it to like make sense or follow this line of logic or our version of reality, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just never going to happen. <laughs> and it, especially since we're not at the center of it, like you said, yeah. um, I always think I've shared this before, I think way early on. Um, but there's a great quote about resentment and it's, quoted to like a hundred people. So it's one of those quotes that like uh -huh. is floating around, you know, credited to like Gandhi and Oprah and stuff. Um, and it's also like, it's like jealousy is this, da, 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 is this, but my favorite is when it's resentment and resentment is like swallowing a tiny bit of poison every day and hoping the other person dies. Mm -hmm. And I just love that metaphor. It's the poet in me. But what I love most about that metaphor is that like, it's time to set it down because they don't even taste it. Mm -mm. They don't even know that you're drinking it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. this couple isn't thinking about you. That's right. They, they don't know that you're up at night resenting them. Free yourself of them. They don't that sure. matter. No, exactly. And I think that's what is challenging about it is because it does require that act of decentering. Like yeah. that other person isn't thinking about you. And yeah. that like that hurts because you are spending so much time thinking about them or feeling whatever type of way about them. Yeah. But it is also really freeing to say to yourself, like that person, like I don't matter to that person. And now I can decide that that person doesn't matter to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that it is um a really hard thing to do. Like, I think it's really easy to say that, but I do think that there are things that you can do to help create some emotional distance between you and this couple. Yeah. Even if you can't create physical distance, cause like, hello, they are living right next door. Yeah. I think the first, first thing for me would, I would like call Sam crying mm -hmm. and yelling and like, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, but I'm like, seriously like, smoking. Bitch, oh. you know? Yeah. God. Um, but I would be like, why would they, the audacity of buying a house down my street, right? The audacity. And Sam would inevitably be like, their purchase of that house had nothing to do with you. And they probably didn't even think about the fact that you were close by. And if they did, it was a passing thought. And they decided to overstep that thought and move forward with it, which means the fact that they live close to you doesn't matter to them. That's okay if it matters to you. It's okay. But that's the first thing that I would do is be like, is it really audacious of them to buy that house? Mm -mm. Maybe to you. I, but... And it depends because maybe <laughs> there's some people out there like, yes, it is. Like I just move <laughs> cities, states. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Sierra's right. like this relationship sucks. So I'm yeah. going someplace yeah. else. <laughs> but other people don't relate to distance like that. And unfortunately, like the most, I, I, de I defeat 
emotions that my irrational emotions with logic, right? And my irrational emotions in that moment or not rational, let's say emotions that don't feel good, right? Mm -hmm. My child emotions, you know, my responses, not my reactions. My response to that would be my, um, I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel disrespected. And then Mm -hmm. I, I would tell all of those hurt feelings, like the fact that they bought that house, you know, the, the, the house market is probably the number one reason why they bought it. They right. probably liked the house. It was reasonably priced. They accepted their offer and that's why they chose it. And mm-hmm. and that's not like fun. <laughs> that's not like sexy or like healing. That's just logic, but logic quiets my anxiety or quiets mm-hmm. my like irrational feelings. For sure. And I think taking some of that, um, like the story that we're telling ourselves or the the disrespect that we are putting on other people, like yeah. they knew what they were doing and this was, and, and now they're just trying to rub it in my face is like, it's freeing to say like, no, they didn't. They chose this neighborhood because of the same reasons that I chose this neighborhood yeah. and like good and for them. I want them to live in like a good neighborhood. Like, yeah. And I think that that is, can be challenging. <laughs> like Sierra's like, no, I want them to live in the pits of hell. <laughs> yes. Pits of hell. <laughs> um, I want to, I, I realized that we dove straight to the house or like the question of it all, but I do mm-hmm. think I want to make space for the fact that this breakup, um, like wasn't, was kind of traumatic, you yeah. know, like seven years and then it's just over via a text. And like, let's talk about the sister. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I want to be that sister's friend. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. would be like, Hey, listen, yeah, like if my, break, if my like... sibling outed me so hard, like I, I'd probably deserve it. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that like Sam and I are giving you tools, um, ideas to like move forward and feel more confident in your house on your street. Um, but we also want to acknowledge that like this breakup was really traumatic. And just because you, um, are don't miss them just because you love this new life you've carved out for yourself. Doesn't mean you, you might not still pull out these like slivers of pain and grief for the life that you lost in kind of a traumatic way. Like, I just want to say to you and your heart that it's not normal to end a seven year relationship over a text message. Mm -hmm. And it's not normal to end it with like a, we're on a break. I move out and we don't talk for a month sort of thing. Like that's, that's not how two adults end a relationship. They end it in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe leave some space for that. Leave some grace for your heart to recognize that like, that really sucks. I can be happy for myself that I've moved on, but like, for I sure. still might be pulling out slivers of that pain. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we, we harbor this illusion that suddenly we will be enlightened and like, we will mm-hmm. never feel resentment towards our ex or never be like, what a fucking asshole. I hate him so much. Yeah. But the reality is, is like, it's not about getting rid of all of those emotions. It's not about getting rid of all of those unhealthy thoughts, right? The real head and heartbreak is being like, I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. Yep. What tools do I need to have in place so that I can change that emotion that I'm feeling into something that's going to work better for me? Or how can I take that thought process that's cycling through my head over and over again and change it into something that's going to be more healthy for me? And so I want to say like, how can you look at this situation where this asshole dude bought this house in your neighborhood and broke up with you via text message uh, a year ago and like hasn't had the audacity to like go rotten hell. Uh, <laughs> rot in hell. Rot- 
I'm just enchanting. Right. But instead channel it into (laughs) something that's going to work better for you. And sometimes that means like giving up that resentment or like being kind to someone who maybe doesn't deserve kindness, but because that kindness is self-serving. Yeah. And instead of saying like, I can't believe this dude moved into this, this neighborhood, I hope his house burns down. Instead channeling that and saying, I'm happy that they found their house. I wish them all of the best. And I hope that I don't have to see them again. Right. Yes, like, Cause you can hope not to see them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. You can delete their Instagram, whatever. I'm, and it sounds like you have, which is really great. But channeling that not necessarily for their benefit, but for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be kind to that person because they were so awful to me. But like that, that not wanting to be kind is only hurting you. It's not hurting them. So how can you change that reference and say like, kindness is actually going to help me get this person out of my head. So like when I think about my awful ex, I think... I hope he's doing well wherever he is. I'm glad he's not in my life anymore. And if I saw him, I would be kind to him, but I would not, but I would like walk away within 30 seconds. (laughs) I would ignore him, even though he would acknowledge me like I did the last time I saw him. He's like, hey, Sierra. And I was like this. Like writing in the coffee shop. I just didn't look up. I just froze, but I just I stuck with it. <laughs> love uh, you, bitch. That's, that's right. I love you. I um, love you. I want to leave you with uh one more thing of advice because it I wanna I wanna I wanna big you up and 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 um say this sucks just because it's hard we're too. these because we're giving you these tips of like you know higher mindedness doesn't mean it doesn't suck, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of, you know, this goes to the last letter too. Like, um, just because we, we're allowed to feel those feelings, right? We're allowed to feel resentment. We're allowed to feel self-loathing. We're allowed to feel fear and anxiety. What changes isn't those feelings. It's our reaction to them, uh, Mm -hmm. to them. And Christina, Christina, you don't have to be perfect. You're doing great work. Your fucking boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend moved in. It sucks. Everything sucks about it. Um, the, one of the last things I want to leave you with is something that helps me is I try to humanize, not my ex, but the, but the other woman. Um, because if you think about it, well, number one, we're like always taught to hate the other person, right? Especially women hating women. Right. Um, it's really so fucking easy to villainize them. You know, it's like, oh my God, catty little bitch. I bet she fucking wins. You know, (laughs) um, that's me talking Uh about Todd. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, when you pay more attention to him than me. Um, But, um, so what I want you to think about tonight when like, number one, let yourself grieve, let yourself be angry and then let yourself laugh at the hilarity of the situation because it's a little funny. It is. It's like the start of a sitcom. Exactly. Um, (laughs) yeah, it is. Um, No, like not even a terrible one, like a one that would run for many years on CBS. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But when you're ready, when you're feeling ready, like that you have something to give from your well, um, I want you to imagine what would happen if tomorrow you met that person that makes your life feel complete and they're kind and fucking hot as hell and they have a great job and they're, um, they love to do the things you love to do. And you find out that they just, just got out of a seven year relationship. Would that make your love feel any less real to you? Maybe not to him because we're not talking about him right now because he's off rotting in hell. But to you, (laughs) 
and, and maybe you date that person. And for the next year, it goes well, you grow your love with this person organically and naturally, and it's fun. And you have this fun new times like that. Their love is fine. I'm not going to say it's good, true love because I don't know anything about them. I don't know what love is like in hell, (laughs) but I do know that maybe you can just think, okay, there's this person that I loved once and he made this choice that's almost comically painful <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to leave me and then buy a house with the woman he went on to date. Um, but I'm not going to harbor any uh, resentment or anger towards her because I'm not that type of person. Mm-hmm. I might acknowledge those feelings when they come by, just like I would acknowledge a cloud, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. see that, acknowledge it and let it move past me. Who knows? I mean, that might be hard to sell. Like sometimes it is way easier to like villainize people. (laughs) For sure. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I have used loving kindness uh, meditations as a way to help me process through some of these things about like people that are really hurt. Um, So just acknowledging people's existence and saying like, uh, I wish for that person to be happy, healthy, and for them to be at peace. Right. And that's, that is the extent of the emotion that I'm going to give to them because they don't deserve any more than that. They are not a part of my life. They are not somebody who I should be wasting my time and energy on. And so all I will say is like, when that person comes into my mind, like I wish them peace, like, and that's it because, yes, because the only other emotion, the other emotions are only going to hurt me. They're not going to have any effect on this person. And that's easier said than done, but it is a practice that we can learn and that that has helped me. And I think has helped a lot of people because it's an action through that. I like that. It's an action. Like, like I said, like acknowledging the cloud or acknowledging that negative emotion. When you want to look at the Nazis Instagram, you can say, (laughs) I acknowledge this. I wish him peace. Right. I wish that couple peace. And now I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I'm going to, I did that action. I, I scratched that itch essentially and I'm going to move on. I scratched it in a much healthier way. Right. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah. And Christina, I, I, when I, when I was reading this letter, I chose, I, I put a heart on it. Like that's how much love I felt towards you. I don't mm-hmm. do that for all of them. I just put a heart on it because I loved the letter. I loved how you wrote it. I loved, um, the work that you did to move past this relationship. And I can see you trying um, and I can see you thriving and I can see you questioning the work that you did just because of this. And I just want to remind you that all of what you have is yours. Your house Mm -hmm. is yours. Your love is yours. They can't take anything from you. And this comically painful, like, one of those things where life throws us a fucking curve ball that's actually like shit on fire, you know, mm-hmm. like when it's like so, you know, ironic and painful that it's funny. Um, Sam and I are here like tipping our hats and clinking our mimosa glasses with you saying like, yeah, girl, like that fucking sucks. And we're on your porch. I'm going to imagine that you have a porch with rocking chairs <laughs> <laughs> and we're there with you saying, yeah, that sucks good thing you're not together anymore. Good thing you have all of this that's yours. Yep. Cool. We hope this helps, Christina. Thank you so much for writing. We love you so much. We love you. All right, everyone. This brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you'll really like. This week, our blind date is... I'm actually going to cheat and I'm going to shout out something that I said 
like episode three or two, or maybe even one of oh. the podcast ever. And uh-huh. I'm going to cheat because I've, I've been talking for months way before quarantine about like redoing this blind date because I love it so much. And back then we had a hundred listeners and now we have way more. <laughs> um, uh, but also they're now putting out content that's really good for my mental health during this very difficult time. And it is affirmation pod, all mm-hmm. one word by Josie Ong, O-N-G. Um, Josie puts out uh, weekly or bi-weekly p- um, affirmations. They're anywhere between five, four minutes to 12 to 15 minutes. And if you like the affirmations at the end of my podcast, I'm so incredibly inspired by Josie. Um, There are topics for each week and like not in a global pandemic. They're so helpful. It's like preparing for something anxious at work or talking to your inner child or how to deal with a hard um, conversation or, you know, little thing, like literally look up her breakup affirmation. It's so good. And healthy boundaries affirmation. And, um, she, we go back to her, uh, I go back to things she says so often. Um, and I also love her voice and I love that they're short. I listen to them on my walks and she's putting out content specifically for what's going on in the world right now about, you know, helping structuring your day, dealing with grief and loss, dealing with overwhelming wellness or, or anxiety and like wishing, sending out love and healing and gratitude to all the health workers delivery folks and essential workers out there. I just, I'm such a huge fan. And I also think it would be so powerful for you all. It's called Affirmation Pod by Josie Ong. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening and tuning into this uh, amazing <laughs> live stream that we're doing. Um, we really appreciate it. You can follow us on, in, or you can follow us on Facebook or you could like us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. That's, I switched those. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You can we don't have the scripts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have the scripts. You can slide into our DMs. Send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing cool, else okay. to plug right now. I was like, is there anything else? Go ahead. Awesome. Uh Oh my God. Why can't I remember this? What do I say? Uh, oh, please leave a, please remember to leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, and also consider supporting us on Patreon. So many of our patrons are listening to this episode. And, and we love you. We love you. You uh, make this free for everyone else, which is amazing. Uh, that's patreon.com slash just break up pod. Uh, this literally helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing, and all-around badassery by our good friend, (laughs) Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, today is the starting line. Today is the day you will stop hurting yourself. Stop putting other people before you. Stop allowing yourself to be used. Stop avoiding the growth you know you deserve. Today, you will not be afraid of your own thoughts. And those thoughts will be filled with grace and forgiveness for yourself because you know you are just doing the best that you can in this moment with the knowledge and experience that you have. You are standing on the edge. You are waiting in the doorway of this next brave, loving chapter. Walk through. You deserve the light. And if all else fails, just break up.